Flyers. Hello everyone and welcome to today's edition of High Flyers, where we talk about the players who don't get talked about. My name is Kay Nanji and I will be your host today. Man, there's no better time to be an NBA fan than right now. The playoffs are just approaching and the race to qualify for the playoffs is absolutely insane this year. Um... As well, everyone who does fantasy basketball, they're probably in the playoffs right now because, you know, you don't want to put the fantasy playoffs alongside the end of the regular season because then they just start playing scrubs and most of, the, most of the teams will rest their starters. And then tomorrow, we have March Madness, which is starting. Always fun. I still got to fill out my bracket. What I do is usually in a pool, we have two brackets and... One of those brackets, I fill out what I think will happen, usually ending up with Kentucky winning the championship, which they never do. And the other bracket, I flip a coin, just say which one, which team will win. And strangely enough, the the bracket where I always flip the coin is the one that always is better. That's just how unpredictable March Madness is. Um, and just it's going to be an exciting next few weeks. So what are we going to be doing today? Today we're just going to serve as like that sort of dual episode along with last week's episode. And so last week I was joined by my brother Tamir who offered his insight on some NBA news. And we talked a lot about Westbrook. Um, now today we're also going to do that game. I mean we were also going to do that game last time. But we ran out of time so we're going to push it to today which is why it's kind of a part two episode. And however we're going to be saving that segment for the end of the episode First, we will be getting to something that I've been putting off for weeks at this point. It might not even be weeks. It might even be months. Uh, but it's a high flyer of the the high flyer of the week list. Um, and you know what? I know I mentioned some before, but I'm just going to start right from the first week and just go down. It's going to be easy. I allocated 14 minutes of speaking about this. And yeah, that's all we're going to have today. Um, I'll give just a little bit insight about the players and then we'll get to the game and then end the podcast and uh, all right let's stop wasting time and get started because I have a I have two games I want to watch I want to watch this Memphis Dallas game and I want to watch this Warriors Suns game so let's get started okay so after weeks of putting it off I finally decided to go over the high fire player of the week. So let's get it done. Let's get it done fast. And we're going to start now with week one. And I know I've said like I think maybe weeks one to three, four already. We're going to go through it again. How the high fire player of the week works. Let me go through that real quick. There's one in the east, one in the west. There's a list of high flyers. You can find it at high flyers pod Instagram account. And those are all the players. I also mentioned it in I believe my first or second podcast. And... I picked one from the East and one from the West who outperformed all the other high fires that week, who showed a lot of improvement, who just played good generally, and I award 
them with the High Flyer Player of the Week award. Whew. Okay, let's get started. The Eastern Conference. Week 1 is Grant Williams. This is October 18th. So Grant Williams put up 13, 5, and 2 that week. Not the best stats, but let's look at his shooting splits. He shot 86% from the field, 80% from 3, alongside a 3-0 and record, which is why he won. And then on the West, we have Lowry Markkinen, who is now like the leader of uh, most improved player, all-star first time. And in that first week, he got 24-10-4 and and started a 3-0 week for the Utah Jazz, who are now trying to tank. Going to week two, we talked about Bull Bull and his journey. Um, now he's pretty much doesn't do anything, but this week he averaged 15, 8, and 3 blocks a game. Didn't have the best week, but those are really good stats. All very improved. And on the Western Conference, we got Trey Murphy the third, who put up 17, 5, and 1. A lot of improvement last year from a lot of people who said that he wasn't going to be a great player, didn't get a lot of minutes last year. And that was on a uh, 2-1 week for the Pelicans. Now let's move on to week 3 where we got Brooke Lopez, who is a uh, just a powerhouse lately. He put up 17-7 that week on route of a 4-0 week for the Bucks. And in the Western Conference, he only played two games, but he averaged 25-3-3, shooting 68% from the field and 73% from three. That's a Devin Vassell for the San Antonio Spurs. A lot of great improvement by him as well. Um, then week four, we have Jalen Suggs with a 13-5-5 balanced week, shooting 50% from the field. And that's a 2-1 week for Orlando. And on the Western Conference, you had Jalen Green, who had that kind of powerhouse offense in week four. Um, averaged 29-4-4, four four, um, shooting 54% and 39% from three. So he was actually very efficient that week. Not the most efficient player generally. Now let's take a look at week five. We got Derek White, who averaged 19, three and five, shooting 63% from the field and two steals. And Boston went undefeated that week. And in the West, we had Bones Highland, who then played for the Nuggets, who averaged 22, four and five, shooting nearly 40% from three. And that just showed how it was, it was a great week for Bones, really. Going on to week six, we got Marvin Bagley III, who averaged 16, eight and one. Um, shot 67% from the field and averaged 1.5 steals a game um, in a week where the Pistons went 2-2, two and two, which is quite surprising. <laughs> and in the West, we had the Clippers' Terrence Mann, who averaged 13-5-3 on route of a 2-2 two and two kind of week. And I just want to note that sometimes these players, they don't do as well, but that means that other, player, other high flyers didn't do well. So Terrence Mann was the best of... What was what there was essentially. Week seven. Now we're approaching the end of November. We have Killian Hayes, who and this was like right after Kate Cunningham was injured, put up fifteen three and seven that week, um, shooting fifty four percent from the field, one point three steals a game, and he's having a great game tonight. For example, he's kind of carried that on very inconsistently though. And then we got Anthony Davis for the first time, November 28th, and he averaged 38, 13, and 3. So I, I kind of let these players, like Anthony Davis, I hold them in a higher regard. But he shot 65% that week and averaged 3.3 blocks for the Lakers. Now let's go to December 5th where I have DeAnthony Melton, 
who averaged 18-5-3 and three that week, shot 56% from three and 3.3 steals a game. And it was during this time when Doc Rivers thought, you know, we start starting him over Tyrese Maxey, which is a stupid idea, in my opinion. And in the West, we have Trey Jones in week eight, who averaged 18-4-5, shooting 50% from the field. And they went 2-0 and that week, which is impressive for the San Antonio Spurs. Now let's go to week 9, December 12th. Evan Mobley for the first time, 16-9-4 alongside some terrific defense. And in the West, we had Bruce Brown with 13-3-4, shooting 67% and 1.7 blocks. Uh, again, with some incredible defense that week. And now approaching the end of the year, we have December 19th, Onyeka Okongwu. This was when Clint Capella was injured and he got to start. And Okongwu got 14, 9, and 1, he averaged, with 3 blocks a game in a 2 and 1 week for the Atlanta Hawks. And in the West, once again, it was Lowry Markinen, who averaged 28, 5, and 1, shooting 57% from 3. Now, for the last week of the year, week 11, we have Rui Hachimura, who played for the Washington Wizards at the time, who had a monster 29, 6, and 1 week. Um, shooting 60% from the field, and he actually, the Wizards actually went 4-0 that week. And in the Western Conference, we got Thomas Bryant, who is just starting his kind of monster run with 80 injured. And he averaged 17 points and 12 rebounds that week, shooting an incredible 81% from the field. Now we're going to go to week 12, Jalen McDaniels, who played for the Hornets back then, averaged 14-7-2 that week shooting 47% from the field, two steals a game, still played for the Hornets, not the best team, but he played very well that week. And Thomas Bryant, once again, for the second straight week, he improved. He got 22-13-1 the following week, um, shooting 68% from the field, and he went 4-0 for the Lakers. Um, now, week 13, January 9th, um, we had a kind of a shooting week so in the east we had Gabe Vincent who averaged 23 3 and 4 that week shooting 56 percent from the field and 44 percent from three going three and oh and then we got Damian Lee who went Damian Lee in the west for the Suns and he got 21 points per game six rebounds and three assists averaging 49 percent from the field and an absolutely stellar 53 percent from three Going to week 14, Evan Mobley won the award once again with a week where he averaged 23-10-2, shooting 67% from the field and one block in a week where the Cavs went 2-2. Two and two. And Lowry Markinen once again in the West, averaging 28 points, 12 rebounds, 1 assist, shooting 53% from the field and 67% from 3. Going to week 15, January 23rd, we're getting closer to March. Precious Achiwa and in the East. And for the Raptors that week, he averaged 21 points, 10 rebounds, and 1 assist, shooting 70% from the field, averaging 1 steal. And in the West, for the second time, it was Jalen Green, who this week averaged 22-3-5, shot 38.5% from 3, pretty efficient, 1 steal. I think that week, the West didn't have a lot of um, strong outings which is why Jalen Green got it even though he didn't put up the best stats and then week 16 we had the start of K 
Cam Thomas's monster week where he averaged 28-3-3, and ending off with a 40-point display, shooting 60% from the field. And then we had in the West, Anthony Davis, who averaged 31-12-2 that week, coming back from injury, shooting 52% from the field with 1.3 blocks. Now, this is where things get interesting. And it's week 17, February 6th. Cam Thomas started that week with two straight... 40 point games however he didn't he was not the high flyer of the week in fact that honor went to Derek White and it's because Derek White even though um, Cam Thomas averaged 31 points Derek White taking that starting role um, in the face of Jalen Brown's injury put up 24.5 points per game five assists and oh sorry five rebounds and eight assists that week which is just so balanced, such a great stat line. He shot 52% from three and 1.3 blocks per game. But what really put him over Cam Thomas was the fact that he went 4-0 this, that, that week for the Boston Celtics. And in the Western Conference, we had Josh Green, who also just returned from injury not too long ago, averaging 21-5-3 that week on a 63-50 and split. And the Mavs went 3-1 and that week. And then for week 18, since it was the All-Star game, I combined what would be week 18 and 19 into just week 18. So it lasted from February 13th to, I believe, February 26th. And in the Eastern Conference, we had P.J. Washington that week, who averaged 21-8-2, shooting 58% from the field and alongside 1.3 blocks. And the Hornets surprisingly went 3-0 in that span of time, which is crazy. And in the West, we had Josh Okogie, who not a lot of people expected to be good, but he's been great recently for the Suns. That week, he averaged 17, 6, and 2 with two assists per, I mean, two steals per game, shooting 54% from the field. Going to week 19, February 27th, we're closely approaching. Cam Johnson in the East, averaging 21, 6, and 2 shooting 38% from three alongside 1.3 steals. And in the West, we had Kevin Horter, who averaged 22-1-4, shooting 66% from the field and 58% from three, alongside a 2-1 week for the Sacramento Kings. And finally, this week, I mean, not this week, last week, ending yesterday, week 20, we have in the East, Brooke Lopez, crazy good week for the, the Bucks, who lacked Giannis for a couple games. This week, he averaged 23 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, shooting 54% from the field, but that is not why he was a high flyer. I mean, high flyer of the week. It was because his 6 blocks a game. Insane. For me... He is the lock for Defensive Player of the Year. I don't care if any of y'all say Jaron Jackson Jr. That guy, that guy's he's not that great, okay? Um, in the Western Conference for last week, we had Trey Murphy the third once again, who put up 22-6-2. He actually scored a 41, he had a 41-point game last night. And that week he shot 56% and averaged 1.5 blocks a game. So he's playing on the defensive end too. 
And now we're caught up. This coming week is week 21, and I will be sure not to miss talking about the High Flyer of the Week in the next edition of this podcast. Who will it be? I don't know. No games have started this week. I can't really make any predictions. But you know what? I think we did perfect for time. That was 13 minutes. And now let's head over to probably the best part of the podcast, the game from last week. Okay, so the game that I stole from this guy involves me look going to current NBA player generators and just generating players. And let's say I generate one guy. Let's say it's Steph Curry. I'll skip through as many players to see a player who's better than them. Of course, Steph Curry's a bad example because he's the best player in the NBA. But let's get started. Um, and who should who's going to be the first player we generate? Um, I'm going to skip a couple of those scrubs, you know. Um, zero Minute Jake. Um, <laughs> and when should we stop? Uh, Marvin Bagley third. That seems like a pretty good option. So let's generate. Who's better than Marvin Bagley third? Oh. And we got on the first try. Of Vucevic. And I think that Vucevic is definitely better than him. Um, Even though he wasn't the player he was on the Magic, he's still much better than him. Yeah. Um, And now let's go with the next player, who is uh, Terry Rozier. That's a good one. Terry Rozier. And so, Lugans Dort. I'm going to say Lugans Dort is better than Terry Rozier. I think that... Lugans Dort is inefficient, but he's a great defender. Terry Rozier, on the other hand, is just a, a shot chucker. Shoots like 42% on the, from the field, 32% from three. So what do you think? You think Lugans Dort's better as an OKC fan? I think that Lugans Dort, putting my bias aside, I still think that Lugans Dort is better. Um, and I feel like Lugans Dort, we saw him shine um, in the bubble. That's where he really emerged. Mm-hmm. And people started seeing him as an amazing defender, but they also saw him as a scorer. And I think that recently, a scorer has as a scorer, he hasn't been great. Um, but honestly, <laughs> oh man, I'm so sorry. I just I, I clicked the button and we got Tyrell Terry. Yeah, and just Tyrell Terry is if you guys are unaware of um. He was previously in the NBA, but he retired at a pretty young age due to mental health reasons. Um, mental health is, is exceptionally important in the NBA today, or just in, in society today. Um, and I think that it's important that the NBA look looks at this issue. Um, you know, make sure everyone's happy um, and just invest more money in this problem. We've seen players in the past who, unfortunately, um, their lives were essentially ruined um, due to mental health problems. Um, Taking Delonte West, we've seen... You know, recent videos from the media of him on the streets. Um, and it's very it's very saddening and disheartening considering that he was a great player. Um, and Delonte West was personally one of my favorite players. And just to see him, you know, just in runes, it, it, was, it just didn't make me feel great. Um, and I think that the NBA should look into this matter. And I agree with that. I think LeBron should help his dad out. And now let's move on to the next... Um, person, and this is one of my favorite players, and it's Jaden McDaniels. Also, thank you for that. It's really important the mental health of players in the NBA. But Jaden McDaniels, great defender, high flyer. Would you think he's better than Lugans Dort though? Oh, and his next. Th- Sorry. Do you think he was better than Lugans Dort though? Yeah, I think he's a lot better than Lugans Dort in my opinion. I think he also I- provides offensive. I think they're very similar, but 
you know what? I I can I can I can yield yeah. and I can allow that. And this game is flawed because I just got Jared Allen, who is indubitably a lot better than McDaniel's. Okay, so our next player is going to be Desmond Bain, and Desmond Bain's a great player. So hopefully, it's going to take a little bit of a while for us to find someone. Mm-hmm, definitely, Desmond Bain, who has solid three point. He's a solid three point shooter. Um, also a he's a solid defender too. Yeah, even with his little T Rex arms. <laughs> I found that kind of respectful because his shot shooting form is actually very underrated. Um, and it's very unique too. Yeah. Um. So we got Tyler Johnson, who is obviously not better. I don't even think he's in the league. Jack Harlow looking. Um, Josh Hart. Nah, Josh Hart's Josh not Hart, very solid player though. Josh Hart's a solid player, especially considering that he got just he just got traded to Knicks. The Knicks. Knicks and, seven and zero now. And exactly, he's been providing that that um, just. Power uh, offense and defense for the yeah Knicks. hustle love hustle um exactly playing with this Villanova teammate Jalen Brunson is he a uh, high flyer uh is he no he's not he's oh. not this year okay maybe okay. next year um let's look for next who's better than Bain Mo Wagner just no man <laughs> say no to Mo uh Mike Conley okay so Mike Conley is he better than Desmond Bain I don't, I don't think, think so, so at this point in his career. At his prime, yes. Mm-hmm, definitely. And they both play for Memphis. So. Oh, yes. Um, next up, we have Joshua Primo. Um, Let's just skip that. Next player is it Udoka Azubuki. Um, yeah, he is not better than Desmond Bain. <laughs> Anthony Davis, oh, there man. we go. Anthony Davis has to be better. I can argue. I think that Anthony Davis, bringing him back to my... My old spiel about the Lakers, um, Anthony Davis along with the Lakers um, and LeBron James. You know, previously we talked about that vampire quote about how Westbrook is a vampire. I think that Anthony Davis, I think LeBron, and I think that the organization, I think the management are actually the vampires and they're sucking the blood out of Russell Westbrook. And me personally, I think that Desmond Bain is better than Anthony Davis. And a lot of you listening to this podcast are probably going to turn it off and say, who's this? Who's this casual? Not casual, actually. Who's this? This 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 skip Bayless type of person, who's just making these outrageous takes. But that's all I gotta say. I mean, that was a great, eloquent piece of poetry. But I think Anthony Davis is a lot better than Desmond Bain. Now let's get to the next player, Robert Williams the third, solid defender. I think Robert Williams could potentially be greater than Anthony Davis but I think just looking at Anthony Davis's legacy mm-hmm. and seeing that he is a solid player um you know even if he does take load management games in the games that he does play he does perform pretty well um I think he's obviously going to be better than Robert Williams III yeah okay perfect and now let's get Gary Clark um yeah he is not better than Robert Williams Udoka Azubuki keeps on popping up out of here D'Angelo Russell that's interesting because they now play on the same team. No, they don't. Robert Williams does not play with Wait, D'Angelo Russell. We're on Anthony Davis. No, we're on Robert Williams the third. You think that Anthony Davis? You think Robert Williams is better than Anthony Davis? No, the game is played like after you get the guy, you start a new game. Oh no, Robert, no, no, it isn't. It's once you get the guy, you keep going until you get a better guy. Oh, okay. So we don't even know what game we're playing right now, but 
Anthony Davis is better than D'Angelo Russell. Or you know what? So. I feel like Anthony Davis is, you know, he's a pretty 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 hard to beat considering the number of players in the NBA. So let's consider Robert Williams, you know, taking okay, yeah. So Robert Williams or D'Angelo Russell? Um, well, they're two completely different positions, and they play completely different styles. Um, but I'm going to have to go with... I'm going to go with D'Angelo. Robert Williams. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, but let's go with D'Angelo. To, to let's be go. fair, though, the Celtics have found success without Williams when he yeah. was injured. But I think that he's still a solid defender. I, think I mean, they went made to finals with him. Exactly. I think that Russell's defense is... Can, he can work on his yeah. defense a little bit. Um, but on the on the Lakers, there's no no telling that he has been playing pretty solid. So let's continue the search for Robert Williams. Move on, LeBron James. What do you have to say about that? Robert Williams or LeBron James? So LeBron James, we have the third greatest player of all time. Um, in front of him, we have of course Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and um, Michael Jordan. Um, and honorary mention Westbrook, who is a top ten player. But I feel like LeBron, just looking through his career, LeBron is better than Westbrook uh, through his career. Um, but aside from that, Westbrook's much better. Um, but LeBron James, third greatest player of all time. Um, I think that Robert Williams is better. No, he's not. And I think LeBron is better than Robert Williams, without it, a doubt. I think it's hard for people to admit that. Um, and people look at p- people like Sk- Skip Bayless as the villain, but I think he's right in a sense. I think LeBron has a pretty big ego. Um, I think that he almost runs the NBA in a sense. Um, yeah. And the NBA makes calls towards him, um, and I think they're kind of hiding it with like the little, you know, Luka Doncic calls or the Jason oh, Tatum fouls. I think I, I think stuff like that. I think the NBA is hiding that. Okay. Um, but I think that LeBron James, in general, is the downfall of the Lakers. Wow. And I think as a player, sure he's a solid player, but will you win LeBron with LeBron James or will you win with Robert Williams? And I think yeah. the answer is Robert Williams. Uh, okay, that's that's the first I've ever heard of that, and it's probably the last I'd ever heard of that. And let's get with our last player. And I just generated it, and it's Clint Capella, the Swiss bank. So Clint Capella, I remember in his prime, he was a solid player. But like many other centers, um, you look at the NBA today, and his role just isn't needed. Um, I think that, I think, are we considering LeBron or Robert Williams? No, it's Clint Capella. He's the guy who was our starting spot. Oh, we're considering Clint Capella. Okay. Yeah, so now we're going to go Capella, next. Yeah, so Clint Capella is a solid player, but I think in today's yeah. NBA, he's not as good as he was before. And the next player, Gary Trent Jr. I think that Gary Trent is undoubtedly much better than Clint Capella. Yeah, easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and since I was so quick, we could do one more. Kelly Oubre Jr., Tsunami Papi. All right, so we got Tsunami Papi here. Um, Kelly Oubre Jr. Man, I think 100% in a... One, one of the best players, if not, like, one of the cutest players in the NBA. If this was a model contest, 100% we're putting Kelly Oubre first. But I think basketball-wise, I'm going to have to go with Gary Trent. No, Jr. we're not done this game. This is the game works that Kelly Oubre, and then we generate who's better oh, than Kelly so Oubre. we're just doing one yes. and two players. My apologies. Okay, Kelly Oubre, let's use better. Um, so we're going to go past Kelly Oubre Jr. The first guy we get is Theo Pinson, a class A scrub. Okay, let's generate this again. I think it was kind of inconsiderate of you to call Theo Pinson a class A scrub. Um, the NBA is so difficult to get into, and he must have worked really hard throughout his career to get where he was. And I believe that he's better than LeBron James. Okay, let's move on to Aaron Baines. Um, 
He has not been in the league for a I mean, he hasn't been in the league for a while. He's not better than Kelly Oubre. Ty Jerome, decent player. Ty Jerome has offered has actually been pretty solid for the Warriors, offering, yeah. offering that, you know, bench depth. But not better than Kelly Oubre. Nikhil Alexander-Walker? No. Solid player, though. Trey Lyles? I don't even know why that guy's in the NBA, to be honest. I think last year he had a decent segment, but not so much this year. Next up, we have Rishon Holmes. Quite an aggressive player, but I would not say that he's better than um, Kelly Oubre. You know, he can really, you know, he can really beat that basket. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's a solid player. Um, even though he's he is dangerous on court, you don't want to be facing him. Um, but yeah, Rashawn Holmes, great player, but not better than Kelly Oubre. Um, and now let's go to PJ Dozier, not to be confused with Terry Rozier. PJ um, Dozier, what happened to PJ Dozier? Oh, PJ Dozier was a solid player for the Oklahoma City G League team, um, where he actually was pretty explosive. But unfortunately, that just comes to show that some G League players won't flourish in the NBA. Taking Mac McClone. Yeah. It's true. Um, Matt McClellan's a great player, but he's not going to flourish. Um, and no, we got we got to finish off here. So, Jakar Sampson, not better than Kelly Oubre. Kareem Maine, great player, by the way. Shout out Kareem. But he is not better than Kelly Oubre. Let's see who's next. Furkan Korkmaz, future Shanghai Shark. Furkan Korkmaz shouldn't even be considered to be in the NBA right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that... You know, just disrespectful to the amount of players who deserve to be in the NBA, and he just chooses to sit out games. Yeah, I know. Like, have fun on Guangdong Golden Tigers. Like, if we look at players like Tyrell Terry, they actually have a genuine reason why they don't want to be in the NBA due to mental health issues. But if we look at players like, you know, Furkan Korkmaz, I think it's kind of, I think it's just kind of, like, like disrespectful and insulting to sit out games like that just because you don't like your team. Yeah, fair. Um, and now let's get to the next player. Um, Gary Clark, once again, I don't know why he's here. I'm pretty sure he's not in the NBA. Theo Pinson. Uh, <laughs> once again, um, Eric Gordon. Is Eric Gordon better than Kelly Uber? You know what? I don't think so, but I think that Aaron Go Eric Gordon is still the savior of the Houston Rocks right now. He, uh, he doesn't play, play for them him. anymore, but I think when he did play for them, you look at players like Jalen Green and KPJ, and they're all they're ball hogs. I think mm -hmm. that Eric Gordon was the actual one who had that mentality to actually do well for the team. And I think even though he has played in the year the uh, the NBA for quite a long time, he's still a decent player. V valid, valid argument. Um, JJ Redick, why is he here? I mean, he does have a podcast, but he's not in the NBA. Yeah, Derrick Rose. I think Derrick Rose is better. I but. don't. Yeah, I think that Derrick Rose is washed, and I think. Hey, yo, don't don't say that. This podcast is one hundred percent for Derrick Rose. Um, you're the greatest. You're greatest of all time, Derrick. You know, you inspired me to make this podcast. You know, you inspire me to you inspire me every single day by just being there. You know, Derrick Rose, uh, the rose that never flourished. Nah, nah, you can't say the that. The rose that never blossomed. Alright, so next up you have Taco Fall. The name Taco actually reminds me of Taco Tuesday. Do you remember when LeBron was doing that? That just shows that he doesn't have that mentality to win. And then he goes and blames it on Westbrook, saying that Westbrook wants to have fun. Do you really think that, you know, and, and, and just to add something else, um, LeBron actually wanted to get that term trademarked. He wanted to make money off the term. 
He has that money mentality. He's okay staying a few more years in the NBA if that means not winning rings but making a ton of money. And I think that, you know, that's kind of disrespectful to the game of basketball. And I think that, you know, it's just insulting. Kyle Lowry um, is, uh, I think that he's better than Kelly Oubre. What do you think? I think that Kyle Lowry is not even close to the players he was in his prime. And I think that he's not even close to Kelly Oubre at this point. Oh, what? And I think that Kyle Lowry, you know, like, bro, come on, bro. We got to stop somewhere, though. Um, but let's keep going. We're, 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 we're bound to get a good player soon. Gobert. Rudy Gobert. I think that's it. I think as much as we hate Big Baguette, I think that he is better, I mean, like, than Tsunami Poppy. I digress. I think that the only thing he's good at is getting the whole league, you know, shut down from COVID. Um, he must be a good defender, but he actually isn't a good defender. Yeah. That comes to my next argument. Mm. He's kind of, I feel like his defense is glorified, and I think it ain't yeah. great. But yeah. do, do you really think that he's better than Tsunami Poppy? I mean, I think he's better at crying. Okay. Yeah. So should we? Do you think we should end it yeah. there then, or do you think there's another player? Maybe, I think there's gonna be one more coming up soon, very soon. Um, let's see it. This guy is gonna be our next guy. I just know it. Derek White. You know what? Ooh. I do think he's Derek White is Oubre. better. I think so. And I think that I think that he's much better. And I think that when we saw that, you know, that little emergence of Derek White when Jalen Brown was injured. <clears throat> and when Jason Tatum was, I think he was briefly injured too, we saw Derek White really show up for the Celtics. They won a few games with Derek White, and he put up great stats. Um, uh, I think that Derek White, you know, he could either move to a different team and, you know, put up better stats, or he can just play the role he has on the Celtics, be that solid role player. Um, and I think it's looking like if the Celtics do go to the finals, I think Derek White is going to provide that you know, that, the solid bench depth. And he can be that solid player that, you know, gives him the ring. Yeah, perfect. And so we are just edging toward the end of our podcast. We finished all the sections. Thank you, Tamarin. Would you, just before we end here and I say goodbye, would you like to just announce the mystery player um, for this week, the two stat categories for the players? Sure, sure. Player one and player two. All right, so player one. All right, player one, we have... 21.4 points, 2.7 rebounds, 4.2 assists, shooting a 45-38-91 split. And then player two, we have 21 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, shooting a 43-38-79 split. Perfect. Um, that's all I have for this week. Um, thank you all for listening. Any last remarks before we sign off? Oklahoma City Thunder are going to be winning the 2023 NBA Finals.